0: Hey, Happy Easter! I mean, can you believe it? 2021 and we're at Easter Sunday already. Now, I got a news flash for you. 2020 was brutal. Can I get an amen from the back of the room? Or if somebody's listening from the kitchen, can can I get a whoop whoop? I mean, it was horribly difficult, wasn't it? They started with, with this thing called the coronavirus or the novel coronavirus, which now we we label COVID-19. Boy, that brought a lot of uh, upset to our world, didn't it? Everything that we once knew was turned upside down in light of that, that simple sickness. I mean, let's face it, we learned about quarantines and social distancing. We learned about lockdowns and, and all of those things that we really could have done without. Add to that the fact that businesses were shut down, jobs were lost, People got sick and people even are dying as a result of this disease, this sickness, this virus. And the deal is, you know those people, you, you can tell those stories. Maybe some of you are those people. Whether you have stories or not, we can all relate to it because we were all impacted. And it didn't stop with COVID-19. I mean, think about it. We had to deal with natural disasters the threat of murder hornets, we had to deal with uh, racial unrest in the streets of American cities, and add to that the political upheaval of a presidential year where America lost its ability to be civil. It was a crazy, crazy time, and it's followed us all the way into 2021, hasn't it? Maybe at some point over the last year or so, you found yourself asking some questions. Is everything really going to be okay? How how about my family? Is my family going to make it? Will will we ever see normal return? And maybe some of you have asked, where is God in the midst of all of this? I know for me, I've, I've prayed numerous times, Jesus, would you just show up and set things right again? It doesn't matter where you've been or the questions you've asked. In light of all the difficulties that we've experienced, this is probably a time where we need the Easter message more than ever before. And so, those of us that are Christian, we know that story, and we know how it turns out. And the fact that Jesus does show up after uh, encountering death, and when He rises from the dead, He releases power, and everything is changed in light of Easter Sunday. But you know, for those first followers of Jesus that were there that first Easter morning, things weren't so certain. They had a very different take on the Easter story. Think about this. The day that Jesus died, all hope seemed to be lost. Everything that they had hoped and dreamed and and all that they had worked for seemed to be dashed in a moment on Good Friday. And now, here they were with lots of fears and uncertainties and concerns and very little else. Think about this, picture this if you would. A grieving mother sitting at home, wishing that she could be comforted by the son that she lost only to realize he wasn't available to her now in her hour of need. Think about those Galilean fishermen who who had left their nets and their fathers and their families to follow Jesus and the questions they must have. Think about the rest of that ragtag group of castaways and misfits sitting around in stunned silence behind locked doors because they were afraid of what the Jews would do to them. They had all left everything and put everything they knew and everything they loved into Jesus. They were all in. And now there were more questions than answers. You see, Jesus was the driving force of their entire movement. What he said had such power and the miracles that he worked had them believing that he was greater than Moses and Abraham. He preached with with such authority and the miracles he did really had an air of divinity about them. And the names he called himself and the deeds that he did and the attributes that he had seemed to be reserved for only God himself. Jesus was constantly teaching and doing and demonstrating and claiming to be the Messiah. And the disciples dared to believe him. They continued to believe him, even as others stopped believing and stopped following. In in the book of John, in the sixth chapter, John relates a story of how some people came to stop following Jesus. You see, Jesus had fed an exceedingly large crowd with just a couple of fish and a few loaves. The people were were filled and they were satisfied to the point where they thought, you know, only a king can meet our needs this way. And so the crowd sought to make Jesus king in order to avert their effort so that he could stay on his mission. Jesus had the disciples get into a boat so that they could go away and get some rest and avoid the crowds. By the time they reached their destination, however, the crowds had found them and were waiting on them. Jesus knew that he wouldn't be able to avoid the crowd, and so he taught them instead. What he actually said, according to John, was, I am the bread of heaven. Folks in the crowd began to murmur and grumble, saying, wait a minute, he's come down from heaven? Isn't this Joseph's son? We know who he is and we know where they're from. Jesus didn't come from heaven. And the Bible says that as Jesus was talking, they began to follow him no more. Jesus, watching the crowd thin out, turned to the twelve and he said, you don't want to go away also, do you? And Peter says to Jesus, Jesus, we have nowhere else to go only you have the words of life
1: my name is linda baker and i work at bay correctional rehabilitation center and i also am a part of beacon light of panama city i am just a bona fide church girl i'm a pk kid who was raised in the house with a father who was the pastor the mother who was the first lady but i was under their covering I didn't know God for myself. And it's not until uh, the tragedy of me losing them is when I came to the Lord. And so my father, he died of cancer. My mother had complications with her diabetes and her um, dialysis. And so that really took me into a tailspin. I was very empty inside and very lonely. I stayed in a place of depression a long time because the people that I loved, the people that I churched with, the people that I grew up with were not wrong and I was left alone.
2: As Steve said, Jesus had came to this place in his ministry where the claims that he was making about himself were so bold that some folks were saying, there's no way this is true. We just can't follow this guy anymore. So they left. At this time, Jesus looked around at these 12 men that he had handpicked to be his inner circle and he says, Are you going to leave me too? To this, Simon Peter speaks up and says, Lord, to whom shall we go? Because you have the words of life and we have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. In other words, there's nowhere else we can go and find salvation because we know that you are the Messiah. So they followed Jesus because they believed that he was who he claimed to be. After he died, you can see why they ended up so shocked and discouraged and depressed. They put all their hope into this one man and he had died. Jesus had tried to tell them that it was coming, but they didn't really understand it. So they didn't take it to heart. Remember, he had said to them, tear down this temple and I will rebuild it in three days. And in other places, he had told them that he was going into Jerusalem and what was going to happen to him. But it, it just didn't make sense to them, so they didn't, they didn't really just put it into their minds. So here they are, their Messiah is dead. The religious system was still corrupt, and they were still being ruled by Rome. This Messiah sure hadn't turned out to be who they thought he was. So the followers had given up and gone into hiding, all except for two women. Two women that had not been able to do much for the Lord in his life, but in his death, they were determined to serve him one last time. They were on their way to his grave and they didn't know how they were gonna get that big stone moved, but they were gonna serve their master one more time. What they found when they got there changed the world forever. You see, the stone had already been rolled away. The Savior was no longer in the grave. Once Mary realized that Jesus had risen, she was told to go and tell his disciples. And that story has been retold millions of times ever since. That is the significance of Easter. That is why there are Christians because we have a risen Savior. And that story was repeated for the next 30 years by Peter, who shared that word with Mark, who wrote a book. And it was told by John, who wrote a book. And it was told to Luke, who went and said, I found every eyewitness I could find, and I investigated it, and I wrote down everything that I could find that I know the truth about Jesus. And that becomes the Bible that we have today. But mostly we know about the resurrection because people just like me and people just like you told the story of Jesus. i never forget it. I was
1: sitting on the steps one day, just sitting outside watching the cars go by. And a little voice said, you're empty. but well, I have a place. For And that began my search. But the emptiness brought the drive, the depression brought the drive for me to seek him for myself. I believe that everybody has a Moses. And I had a Moses that came into my life. And with her help and with the Lord's help, made me really find my potential and my purpose for uh,
3: within. So for over 30 years after the resurrection, Peter would go into towns and villages and Christian people would come out and say, please come into our homes and tell us what it was like to be with Jesus. And then Peter ends up in Rome and he's in Nero's Rome. And Peter is the most known Christian at this time. And so Nero has captured him and he doesn't know it, but he's not going to leave Rome. He's going to die there while he's there in prison John Mark is with him and they've traveled together and so he's listening to Peter tell the story one more time of what happened to him in his life with Jesus 30 years later now in his 50s he's talking about the past and he's talking about what a difference Jesus made for him Peter gets the message across Mark coaxes it out of him one more time And Mark says, okay, slow down just a little bit. I've got to write it down. Because he's actually dictating to Mark, and Mark's writing these notes down. It's writing notes about Peter's life with Jesus, but it later becomes the Gospel of Mark. And so here's what Peter says in the Gospel of Mark, the 15th chapter. Joseph of Arimathea, a prominent member of the council, who was himself waiting for the kingdom of God, went boldly to Pilate, and asked for Jesus' body. Pilate was surprised to hear that he was already dead. Summoning the centurion, he asked him if Jesus had already died when he learned from the centurion that it was so. He gave the body to Joseph. So Joseph brought some linen cloth, took down the body, wrapped it in the linen, and placed it in the tomb cut out of rock. Then he rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and the Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where he was laid. And why did they go to the tomb to anoint Jesus' body? Because no one expected Jesus to be resurrected. Then it goes on in scripture and says, As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in white robe sitting on the right side and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go tell his disciples and Peter, he's going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. I think it's interesting to note that twice here, they say, go tell his disciples and Peter. Why did they delineate between Peter and the disciples? Because Peter had denied Jesus three times, even after Jesus had told him that he would do that. He still fell for it, and he denied Jesus three times. And Peter wanted to see Jesus. Peter wanted to make things right with him if he could. That was what he was hoping might happen. And so with the resurrection, here was his chance. So the women had found the disciples and Peter and John, and they rushed to the tomb. They look inside, and they walk away confused because initially they don't believe that the resurrection has occurred. They make their way to Galilee just as they were instructed to do, and Peter and the rest of the disciples are there, and they meet the risen Lord. They have breakfast with him on the beach and don't you know that peter was the first one who wanted to talk to jesus and make things right and i'm just guessing i don't know this is just total speculation but wouldn't it be amazing if the place they had breakfast on the sea of galilee was the very place that jesus had recruited them when he first came into their lives i don't know nobody knows no way to know but it's just an interesting thought. Now, if you're a Jesus follower, Peter would tell you, and Andrew and James and John would assure you that your faith and sacrifice and compassion, your generosity and loyalty and love, and most importantly, your hope is not in vain. If you're unconvinced, I think that Peter would speak first. If you're not convinced, I think he would say, look, I understand why you're not convinced about following Jesus. I wasn't convinced myself. I lost my faith. I was a person who was in the back of the crowd. I saw Jesus die. But then something happened, and that something happened to change our lives forever. Something happened that caused me to spend the rest of my life risking my life telling other people about Jesus. And when I saw my resurrected rabbi, it was only then that I understood what he had been telling me all along. The time has come. God has done something new and amazing in the world. The kingdom of God is near. It means that you can never be far because his kingdom is a kingdom of the heart. It's a relational kingdom. It's a kingdom that you and I experience today as we walk along with Jesus through life. And finally, they understood then what the invitation was all about. The invitation was repent. It was going a different direction. It was to embrace the kingdom value system, to embrace the king, to repent and believe. What I understand now is 100% true. God has done something for you and me because God is for you. He simply wants you to receive the good news and accept his invitation to follow him. After all, Jesus introduced the kingdom here on earth. And everyone, everyone is invited to participate in Easter. So Easter has never been more relevant than it is right now. And I hope it becomes more relevant for you this Easter than it's ever been before.
1: Jesus is the best thing that ever could have happened to me. I am so glad in April of 1998 I went to a revival and I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ into my heart for myself. And he began to deal with me about my issues of me. He really helped grow me and make me what i am today when people leave me or people reject me i can always go to the father he brings joy he brings peace he's everything that i need he's everything that i need and now that i know him i remember saying one day in prayer now the god of my mother's And the God of my father is not my God. I understand now what they felt when they felt him. I haven't always did everything right, but yet he still loved me. He yet favors me. And he is my sunshine. He brings the sunshine into my life and I'm happy.